Welcome back. It's another opportunity for you and me to get to know each other a little bit better, or as I also call it, you're on the road again, aren't you? But enough with the introductions, because as you know it, they get boring and can put you right to sleep. And we're not doing that today. We're going to make sure that you stay awake while driving. So... Starting us off today with five words, and this is totally cheating because it's actually kind of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine words because some of them are hyphenated or two-word terms. So that's not really fair at all, but I'm going to do it to you anyway and then figure out what it is these words or terms have in common. I don't know. If you get it, of course, I'm a pushover. I'm giving you two points if you get what they have in common at the end of the show. Let's begin with fire-resistive. Fire-resistive. That's one term. The next one, non-combustible. So apparently those are two different things, which, okay, fire-resistive and non-combustible. Okay, all right, they are. The third term is ordinary. No, I mean, really, that's the word, ordinary. So we're fire-resistive, non-combustible, and ordinary. Then we move on to heavy timber. And finally, wood framed. Any inkling what these have to do with each other, what they have in common? Fire-resistive, non-combustible, ordinary, heavy timber, and wood framed. Put me on pause and say those over to yourself a few more times. We'll get back to them later in the show, as always. Wowza, tax in your memory, which is good because we need to keep your brain active. That's the whole point of this podcast. If you ever have any ideas for segments on this podcast, please visit my website at stayawakewhiledriving.com and leave some feedback. Please be kind. I'm very thin-skinned. But seriously, if you say, I have an idea for mnemonic ways of memorizing the 50 United States, for example. That's really one I want to do sometime. So if you have an idea for that, please do visit my website. That would be awesome. That would be really helpful. Or say, I don't know, even kind of the same thing, um, a way to remember the 50 postal codes for or abbreviations for the United States, you know, where some of them are obvious, but some of them aren't. Like, what is that? Louisiana. That one always gets me. That one's L.A., right? Point being, if you have ideas for anything like that or brain teasers, uh, we might do a brain teaser or two today. If you have any ideas, now remember, these are things that folks like you have to be able to do in a vehicle. So nothing that requires visual aids, nothing that's so complicated like mathematically that people need to be writing it down on pieces of paper or doing it on their phones. No, it's got to be stuff that you can do while you are attentively driving. I'm sorry if I bored you with those details, but really, if you do have ideas for stuff like that, that'd be a big help. And as always, if there's a segment on this podcast that is boring you to tears, or more importantly, to sleep, skip by it. I have chapters embedded in these podcasts just for that very reason. Please do skip ahead any portion that puts you to sleep. Hopefully trivia doesn't. Trivia is always a winner for me. I hope it is for you. Here we go with some trivia right out of the box. A point for everyone you get correct. What does the letter E stand for in the abbreviation email? Answer, electronic. Who wrote the play Death of a Salesman? 
Arthur Miller. Where is Harvard University located? And give yourself a point if you just get the state or just get the city. I don't care. Give yourself two points if you have both. The answer is Cambridge, Massachusetts. What is the meaning of the French term faux pas? F-A-U-X space P-A-S. Faux pas. Faux pas. Faux pas. It means to blunder or make a mistake. How many lines are there in a limerick poem? There once was a girl from... Okay. The answer is five. Yeah, it is five, isn't it? We should do one of those sometime. Let's have a limerick-making-upping contest. Actually, if you feel like putting this on pause, do one right now. It can be clean or dirty. You're the only one hearing it. Who wrote Catch-22? Joseph Heller. How many legs does a lobster have? Ten. How many teeth does an African elephant have? The answer is four. Which Ingalls sister goes blind in Little House on the Prairie? Actually, that's the TV series, right? Okay, so which book did she go blind in? Anyway, which Ingalls sister goes blind in the Little House series? How's that? Mary is the answer. In what year did the Mayflower Pilgrims land at Plymouth Rock? 1620. And that is trivia. As always, a point for every one of those delightful questions you delightfully answer delightfully correctly. And delightfully, those points will get you nothing, not even a cup of coffee. Memory prompt for today. Oh, I had picked out a good one. Which one was it? Oh, here we go. Tell me about a game that you invented when you were little, and it can be something that had very specific rules, like a specific card game. Maybe you made the cards yourself, or it was a game where there were roles to play, role-playing game, something that did have props or didn't have props. I mean, it can be any sort of game. Just use that word in any connotation that you would like and whatever sparks a memory. Remember to put in as much detail as you can. It doesn't matter which time of your life you did this, actually. If it was little, middle school, high school, I don't care. You can start telling me all about it right now. Put in as many details, visual, um, say it out loud. It fires those synapses in your brain better. If you need some inspiration, I'm going to give you my example in just a moment. If you don't, skip ahead to the next chapter, and I'll meet you on the other side. Otherwise, I'm going to tell you a story of a game I don't think I invented, though, right away. See, I'm already breaking my own rules. We're very loosey-goosey with rules around here. You know that. In grade school, we had two, three, I'm going to say three, four places that people could play, kids could play during recess, and it depended on what grade you were in. There was a place where anybody could play. The first through fourth graders had to stay in this front area of the playground. Then there was kind of a woods between the worlds, and I think you had to be in fifth on up. And then there was this eighth grade field that you could go out on. So actually, that's three areas, right? Well, there was like a sporty 
basketball area too. I'm going to call that a separate place. But this wood between the worlds is kind of where I want to focus my story today. I didn't invent this game, but I sure carried it out. And I sometimes wonder if I walked back to my grade school and went to that little area, which is still there. I do drive past my grade school, ironically enough. Um, Not ironically, but I mean, it's still there. It's still going strong. But I just don't stop and look because I think I'm going to be locked up as a creeper. (laughs) Maybe in the summer sometime. I will stop and I will look at the wood between the worlds and see if this is still happening. Lots of pine trees totally covering the ground with pine needles. The pine needles would fall and they would turn brown and they would stay there every single year, every single season. Mostly the girls, but sometimes the boys, but it's one of those gender games that I don't know why. You don't teach it to anybody. It just perpetuates itself. But mostly the girls would play house in the wood between the worlds. And I'm giving it that name because it reminds me of something from Narnia, but I think we just called it the woods. We would take these little bunches of pine needles that were still green that had fallen off the trees, or we would pull them off the trees, sorry, red pines, and we would turn them into little brooms, if you will, little hand whisk brooms. And we would whisk the dirt into perfect little rectangles, and the walls of our little house, our little rooms that we were making, were made of these dried pine needles on the ground. And we would make the most elaborate little houses. So you'd sweep up a perfect rectangle for a bedroom. And then, you know, you'd sweep these pine needles into the little hills so that they'd be walls. But then just like a regular house floor plan, you would sweep up little piles to make a larger room for the living room. But not only that, then if you did have bedrooms, you'd sweep up little piles that would be beds. I can't imagine how pine pitchy all of our clothes were. Wow, how have I never thought about that before? So pine pitchy. And then you would play house. You would have families. You'd try to coerce some of the boys into playing the dads. Oh my gosh, it was such gendered role-playing. I apologize, but some of the boys were game enough to play dads and brothers sometimes, and sometimes some of us would play the family pet. You could only play this game when it had been dry, not rainy, not snowy. So it was a very limited amount of time during the school year that you could play this game. If it had rained at all, then when you swept up the dirt, instead of being this compact, dry um, forest floor, which would make a nice room floor, you would end up with mud. I have no idea where those storylines ever went. But I know that then when there was weather, or if it rained, or if there was wind, or whatever, then we would have to remake the houses altogether. If there hadn't been dramatic weather in between the two sets of recesses, like say on Monday we played house and then on Tuesday we were back again, you still had to sweep diligently every single room. The walls would still be there, but the pine needles from overnight the rest of the day in between the two times we had recess, they would fall and they would make your room a mess. You have to clean that up. So mother would tell you to go sweep your room. We were constantly sweeping our rooms. That is the game of my childhood. Can you believe it? Did you ever play a game remotely similar? If you did, so visit my website, please, and leave some comments. Stayawakewhildriving.com. 
because I got to hear about that. But if you have a completely different game that you invented, created, played along with, and you want to share that with me too, of course, visit my website. But tell me about it right now, if you haven't already. Because, because I'm betting that your story is probably a very different story than mine. So I want to hear it. Of course I do. It's going to keep you awake. Let's review the five words, or in this case today, the five terms. Do you remember a single one of them? I sure don't. I'm cheating. As always, I'm looking back at my sheet where I wrote them down. Fire resistive. Fire resistive. Oh, yeah. Remember now? Okay, here we go. Fire resistive. Non-combustible. Ordinary. Heavy timber and wood-framed. Fire-resistive. Non-combustible. So those two kind of go together. If you can lump them together in your head. Then the third one is ordinary. It's just ordinary. Then we have these that seem to deal with wood. Heavy-timbered and wood-framed. And for two points today, what do those words have in common? We're going to come back to those one more time right at the end of the podcast. We're going to do a segment of brain teasers. Now, don't get crabby with me if you think these are all too easy. Some of them are pretty easy, and some of them are ones that I've heard over and over again. But I don't want to do brain teasers. I went and looked up a brain teaser book, and it turned out to be these exotic math questions or those ones with the grids where so-and-so came in second in the race. But if so-and-so wore a green three-piece suit, but so-and-so wore a yellow sweater, you know, one of those, you can't do that while you're driving. I mean, please don't try. So, yes, these are going to be a little bit easier, perhaps, than you would like. Not a huge brain challenge, but I think it's a pretty good brain challenge for while you're driving. So here we go. And as a matter of fact, this one has to do with a car. A person pushes their car to a hotel and tells the owner he's bankrupt. Why? The answer is, this person is playing Monopoly. This one is tougher. Right after I told you they were all going to be easy. They're not. Ha! Tell me what is special about these three words, and I am going to spell them, not say them. That might be a hint. The first word is J-O-B. The second word is P-O-L-I-S-H. The third word is H-E-R-B. What is special about those three words? And maybe because I didn't pronounce them, it actually did help you because once you spelled them out inside your head, you went, that could be Job or Job. Wait a minute. That's exactly it. These are three words which are pronounced differently when the first letter is capitalized. So small J-O-B is job. Capital J-O-B is job. Small P on polish is polish. Capital P on polish makes it Polish. And with herb, H-E-R-B, small H is herb. Capital H makes it herb like a name. Unless, of course, you're in England and then they pronounce it herb both ways. A person left home running, and they ran a ways and then turned left. And then they ran the same distance and turned left again. Then ran the same distance once more, turned left again. When this person got home, there were two masked men there. Who were they? The catcher. 
and the umpire because they just ran the bases in baseball. Are you hating these yet? Here's maybe perhaps an easier one. A man stands on one side of a river and his dog is on the other. The man calls to his dog who immediately crosses the river without getting a single bit of itself wet. And the dog did not use a bridge or a boat. How did the dog do it? Well, if you live where I live, this becomes pretty obvious because rivers freeze. And this dog could walk across a frozen river in many months of the year where I live. So the answer is the river was frozen. A sundial has the fewest moving parts of any timepiece, because it has none. Which timepiece has the most moving parts? Nope, not a watch, not a clock. What else tells time? Maybe you do an egg with it. There you go, getting closer. An hourglass. It has thousands of grains of sand which move from the top to the bottom whenever you flip it over to start telling the time. Alrighty, I say your brain is teased enough for this podcast. Here we are at the end of the podcast, and we have those five terms which you hate, and they're making your brain hurt. Do you remember them? Ready, set, go. They are a point for everyone you get right. Fire-resistive, non-combustible, ordinary, heavy timber, and wood-framed. And these terms have in common that they are all five types of building construction. Sometimes those five-word ones are a shoe-in, and sometimes they're just awful. This one was, this one was pulling teeth. I know. I'm going to, how about I make like a way simpler one for next time? Or at least I'll try. Speaking of next time, we've come to the end of this episode of this podcast, stayawakewhiledriving.com. Always a possibility if, say, your story from today that you just came up with uh, about the game you invented turned out really great. Please do stop by my website and leave a comment. Tell me your story because I would like to get to know you better through that avenue. Otherwise, it's kind of a one-sided conversation. And I do want to know if this is helping you as a public service because that's really what I'm in it for. It's a public service to try and get you down the road. That is, however, all I'm going to say about that today. And keep driving safely to your destination. And until then, stay awake while you're driving, will ya? Take care. 